Megan Monsell with Brittany Rucker. Brittany Rucker, aka Slumpick. AKA Slumpick 64. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, with Bear Barball, I am the head coach and the owner here. Okay, cool. Um, you just started your own club. Yeah, so uh, I was running another club here in San Antonio, and essentially kind of the way things were going, uh, I kind of didn't feel like I was really fulfilling who I wanted to be as a person and a coach. Um, and, you know, when that happens, you can sit there and you can fight and you can struggle and you can try to keep running something alongside someone else, and really nobody's winning. You know, somebody wants to go one place, somebody wants to go another. Yeah. And it's hard, right? It's hard to sit there and branch out from something you've only ever known. Before doing this, I was a paramedic for nine years and making that leap, quitting my job. When did you quit your job? Uh, let's see. This past January was two years. Okay. So when I graduated high school, went straight into EMT school, mm. wanted to make a difference. Uh, it's really just what I wanted to do. I love the medical field. Being able to specialize in one specific career field is just cool and being able to help people. So I worked for, uh, for anyone's familiar with Texas, Medina County for four years. 911, got in with Wimberley, uh, the city, worked there for five years, did both kind of balance. TSS was still growing, still starting. So oh, I was able coaching. to coaching, coaching and working, coaching and working. So yeah. I was a paramedic two days a week, uh, <laughs> paramedic two days a week. And then I coached the other four, mm. managed a lot of the back end side of the business, started taking on athletes. And honestly, the business just exploded. Yeah. Um, so I essentially got called into my boss's office and told to choose like, Hey, look, you know, you got a steady income. You got a 401k. Um, like, we don't know why you're doing the side hustle. We pay you enough. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And they're like, you need to pick because, you know, we try to call you in for overtime and you're busy coaching or you travel to these meets, even though you're using your PTO, uh, we want you to be a paramedic. And I'm like, cool. Uh, I quit. <laughs> um, and it was scary. Yeah. I woke up with anxiety every day for, um, you know, for, for two weeks and it got to the point where I was like, you know what? Like, uh, things work themselves out. Uh, I'm a really firm believer in just, like, being a good person. Yeah. And things always kind of work out. I'm not religious, uh, but I definitely believe in just being the best person you can be. So um, TSS grew. Things exploded. Um, kind of made that decision. I think the quarantine really made a lot of people wake up and kind of realize what mattered. And the biggest thing that I noticed... No, I'm just cool. staring. Through. Okay, cool. Don't worry. Right no worries. I want to make sure somebody walk in. <laughs> I'm, just um, think, think, I'm just thinking. Yeah. Uh, I think it made a lot of people realize what matters. And for me, the people in my life are what I realize matter. And, you know, it's not about making money. It's not about, you know, for a while there, uh, TSS just exploded. Like at one point, um, I remember telling people like, yeah, like we have a hundred and something athletes. We had like 105 athletes on the team. That's dope. And it was just, uh, it got to the point where it felt like it was turning into a numbers game. How so? Uh, you know, people like say like, well, you know, we have the biggest team. Like, you know, we yeah. have, and it's, it's like, well, it turns into, for lack of better words, like a dick measuring contest. Hmm. And that's not what it's about. You know, it's about the people. And whether you've got five athletes or 10 or 15, uh, it doesn't really matter. It's about like the yeah, quality of what you have. And so when all this happened, um, I really just didn't want to go with the way things are going. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I wanted, but I knew I didn't want what I had. That's fair. So, uh, you know, kind of made the decision, just told all of my athletes, like, hey, look, I'm doing this thing. Um, I don't really know how I'm going to do it, yeah. um, but I'm doing it. And if you want to come, you can come. And if you don't, that's cool. And, I, you know, I told my fiance, like, look, uh, if I fall flat on my face, that's fine. Yeah. If I have five, if I have 10, if I have 50, uh, it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, I just, I just want to help people. And for so many, this sport is more than just putting the barbell over your head. Um, I mean, it gives you, it gives you reason. It gives you purpose. It gives you a community. Um, you know, I always joke around, you know, when you PR your lift, like someone could back into your car and you'd be like, you know what? It's fine. Just leave your insurance info. Like it's cool. Um, 
it's cool to see what this sport can do for people and what it can create. And I've got a kid who uh, is doing the online qualifier for youth worlds yeah. and it's even the potential of getting his college paid for, you know? Yeah. There's a, a couple of programs that have, have popped up. Yeah. We had a, one of the blue wave kids is going to mm-hmm. Lenore Ryan. Yeah. I and so I actually, um, one of the Bobby circus reached out to me like, Hey, is your kid interested in maybe doing this? So, uh, Mario is only a junior. And so I was like, Hey dude, you're wanting, cause he wants to go to UT and I know Dave Griffin runs the UT team. I don't think they do scholarships and stuff. I don't think so. At least not at this point. Um, and I told Mario like, Hey man, look, I know you want to go to UT, Mm -hmm. but are you open to going elsewhere? And he's like, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, cool, this is an option. Don't stress. Don't think about it yet, but it's an option. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then I've got people who, who are sober because of this sport or, Um, you know, people who, who used to go partying all the time and they never hung out with the people that they would hang out with now, you know, they would go out on the weekends. Um, and now they're surrounded by this really, really good group of uplifting people who are supportive no matter what they're lifting. And I feel like a lot of coaches get really caught up in their best athletes. They get caught up in the people who go to finals and go to nationals. No, give me wrong. Like that's important. It, it shows definitely that you know how to build an athlete. Yeah. But getting someone from an empty barbell, um, you know, to the green plates, to the yellow plates, to the red plates, um, it's huge. You know, um, we ran an event this morning to raise money that, you know, Megan and, and Vicky came down to support. Um, and I came home and, and hopped out on a Zoom call to do a private with one of my athletes and she PR'd her snatch. And she was like, oh, my God, like, B, I just snatched the equivalents of the yellow plates. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, Nailed that's it. cool. Um, yeah. So I don't. You know, um, my journey over the past few years, people will always be like, yeah, but yeah, but you're good. Or yeah, but you're this. Yeah, but you're that. And straight up, like if a coach, if a coach was to give me more attention because of my total, Mm -hmm. I honestly would probably respect them a little less. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's some coaches out there who, um, I don't know if it's insecurity or what it is, but, uh, to me, there's nothing cooler than, than starting somebody who, um, who has never touched a barbell mm-hmm. and the first, like what's so cool is getting someone who's never lifted and you teach them the fundamentals, right? Mm-hmm. Actually understanding mechanics and, and movement and getting them their first snatch and they drop the bar and you look at they look at you and you're like, all right, you just snatched for the first time. Nailed it. And they're like, that was so cool. Nailed it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I don't know, like if you develop an athlete, I get it, but then you can always be better. I think you could be a, any person can be better at anything and everything at any moment in time. Right. Like, there's no way, like, your coach should be like, hey, no. Megan, you snatched 90 today. Nailed it. Good job. Good job. You're Guess done. You, you can quit. <laughs> You're done. We got it. You did it. You know, even, like, you know, look at someone like Maddie or De La Cruz. Like, at no point is, is Spencer or Amy ever like, all right, excellent job. Um, my work here is done. You are perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I think, um, so we talked earlier about how I work with Mike Fitzgerald. Right. And Mike, uh, you know, Mike tells me all the time that his job as a coach is to help an athlete accomplish their goals. Right. And whatever that goal is, it doesn't matter. Whoever. It doesn't matter what whoever. it is. It doesn't uh, matter. And that's what I always ask new athletes. So we don't, whenever uh, I take on new athletes, I always, I always talk to them. Like, I'm never like, all right, here's your program. Like, have fun. Go for it. If they're remote, we have a phone call. Uh, I coach just over 70 athletes personally. I'm in the process of interning and teaching two new coaches to start taking on athletes because at a certain point, my product becomes diluted. And then I'm not able to give that same product to my existing athletes. So I make more money? Sure. But that's not what it's about. Um, so it's it turns into, like, um, I completely sidetracked with 
we were talking about. You're trying to build your team. You got more coaches coming. Oh, got more coaches <laughs> coming. Uh, oh, new athletes. So when I talk to them, I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and they're like, all right, well, these are my numbers. This is what I snatch. This is what I clean and jerk. And I'm like, all right, cool. What do you want to do? And they're like, what yeah, do you what's mean? what's your goal? I'm like, what do you want to do with this sport? Who cares? Like, do you want to qualify for series? Do you want to qualify for finals? Do you just want to be a better person? Yeah. And I'll even joke around with people and they're like, well, I want to lose weight and this and this. I'm like, yo, the, the thing, at the end of the day, everybody wants to look better naked for the most part. I don't know if weightlifting, I mean, weightlifting, it's, I don't know if this is that sport. but Yeah, but I mean, like at the end of the day, it's, it's not a bad thing. You should be like, yeah, I want to look a little better. But even like how many athletes I know that will be like, man, like my back has gotten huge. It's fair. It's funny that it's not in weightlifting. It's not like, oh, look at my abs. It's yeah. like, oh, look at my legs. My legs are fucking huge. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Or like, look at my back. Yeah. And I think it's cool, too, to coach females because it empowers them. Yeah. So side note real quick. I was talking to Vic yesterday uh-huh. about um, w- I, we often have conversations about like CrossFit versus Weightlift. Right. Mm, uh, not verse, but just comparing comparison. Your, comparison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking about. Okay. And I was like, yeah, like in CrossFit. Oh, I know what it was. So. Vicky's been looking for new jobs. Okay. And we were talking about, because we're both in IT. Right. So we were talking about what happens if she could get a, a job at a tech company in Austin. Okay. And we're like, what would we do? I'm right. Because like, I, the job that I work at, I can't transfer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I could just coach. Right. Like, I probably would just, like, reach out to a gym and be right. like, hey, can I coach? Right. Just to make some cash. Yeah. Yeah. And then just figure it out. Or a personal trainer or whatever. And she's like, oh, well, would you want to do, like, CrossFit coaching? Or mm-hmm. would you want to do weightlifting coaching? Because mm-hmm. you do both. And I was like, mm, I'd probably do weightlifting. Yeah. She was like, why? And I was like, because the thing about CrossFit is like when new people come. Oh, she was like, oh, would you be would you be against coaching like new athletes, like right. beginner athletes? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, right. not in weightlifting, yeah. especially. Yeah. But like new CrossFit athletes typically come in because they want to lean their arms, lean mm-hmm. their legs, lose weight. Like it's, it's an aesthetic it, thing. Correct. Yeah. But weightlifters, especially. Even women, but yeah. women and men both, they walk into a weightlifting gym. Nobody walks in to lose weight. They walk into a weightlifting gym to feel a certain way. Yeah. They want to feel strong. Right. They want to feel a part empo- of something. empowered. Yeah. Right? Like, rarely do you have an athlete walk into a weightlifting gym for, on the first day and be like, hey, I just came here to, like, tone up my arms. Yeah. Like, no. they know that because you see weightlifters at the Olympics or mm-hmm. on USAW or whatever, social media, and none of them are like, shredded no right uh there's the few but it's usually i can't just say this but it's genetics yeah some of them or or just not that they don't work really hard or they chose that correct it's not the sport naturally doesn't develop that no it's like you look at someone like uh like so courtney bachelor's my coach right mm -hmm. you look at someone like court right and she does have these huge these huge backs and these like this huge back and these huge traps Mm -hmm. but she doesn't look like what you would stereotypically call an athlete but then she lifts and you're like oh my god or kate nine yeah yeah i don't i don't think Like, if you see her at the grocery store, you're not going to be like, man, I bet she snatches 114 (laughs) kilos. Yeah, like, nobody has ever, like, first of all, Kate and I is amazing as an athlete, undoubtedly. But I don't think any, no one's ever walked into the gym and been like, hey, Megan, can you help me look at Kate and I? Right. Period. Yeah. But but people want to feel strong. Right. And so it's like, in CrossFit, I'm constantly trying to convince these athletes that there's more important things than Mm -hmm. abs 
which oh, yeah. they may or may never have. Yeah. And it, it changes your identity. I had an mm-hmm. athlete who joined and like straight up her social media was all like bodybuilding selfies, yeah. you know, kind of a little bit of the thirsty stuff. And when she joined, I'm like, look, you're going to change as a person. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to feel more confident to where you feel like you don't need to post pictures like that. You're going to be proud of your lifts. You're going to want to post your lifts. You're not going to post a selfie. Yeah. You're going to be like, look at this. And I've always told athletes, I'm like, you want to be known for the weightlifter that, that is strong or that is like inspirational not the one who just looks good in little booty shorts like that's cool and that's great but it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean you worked hard for anything no it doesn't yeah i think confidence is confidence comes from hard work oh yeah i've i've been an athlete my entire life you know i played basketball almost went to college for basketball you know got into motocross and i've never felt um who I am as a person is because of the sport. As an athlete, who I am as a coach is because of how the sport has developed me as an athlete. Mm-hmm. It's made me confident and it's made me be able to, um, you know, even stand up to people or stand up for myself. Like even when all this happened, it was scary, right? I just straight up was like, you know what? Um, I think so much of, of TSS I associated myself with and my, my name and my brand and who I was. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't okay letting that go because I thought I was no one without it. And it's honest. And yeah, I felt like, like if I'm not TSS, who am I? And I, I even started looking for paramedic jobs. Like I was like, you know what? I'll just get back on an ambulance. Um, because I'm, I am no one without this. Mm-hmm. And I, when I told athletes like, Hey, I'm doing my own thing. They're like, all right, what are we going to call ourselves? Yeah. They didn't care. Yeah. They did not care. They're like, all right, cool. Let me buy some shirts. And I'm like, I haven't even made shirts. And like, yo, I, I want shirts. And that's, I think, what's really empowering. Is Why'd you pick Bear Barbo? Uh, so I think it's a catchy name. I, I want to support that, nah. but, I, but I'm also curious. So I have this guy. His name's Mark Broderick. He's a um, graphic designer. I don't know his actual job title, but he does all of our artwork. He's done artwork for me um, forever. With TSS, like he was our guy. Um, and I talked. I wanted it to be about me. Like, I didn't want to have anything to do with my name or my initials or anything. And I wanted it to be, like, geographical. Yeah. So something, San Antonio is a mouthful. Um, I didn't really want it to be South Texas. So I wanted it to be more, like, centralized, right? So he kind of spitballed, you know, bear. Bear. And I was like, ah, you know, like, no one knows how to pronounce it. There's an X and, like, it's confusing. And I kind of didn't really think about it. And then uh, I think the meaning behind things is really important. So I kind of started researching even, like, bears, right? And so I've always been a really... We talked about this earlier. I have a lot of very uh, extrinsic lifters who are very like, they want to make me proud. Yeah. And so it kind of been joked around that I was like mama bear before, right? And my athletes joke around and like, we'll call that. me that. And it's like, I'm very like, uh, I would say like protective over my athletes. And, you know, I take care of them. Like if I was at a meet and someone like, <laughs> and someone like stepped up to them, I'd be like, hey, like, what do you think you're doing? And so kind of just the meaning behind it and the amount you can kind of play with like the, just the, the bear head and whatnot. And then, so I was like, all right, Mark, like we can roll with bear barbell. Let's see what logo and stuff you can come up with. And mm-hmm. so he's incredible. Like he's amazing. He has good rates. I mean, we might, we might be interested. Yeah. He's excellent. Okay. Uh, he's super good. And so he came up with the bear head and honestly, he's so patient because I uh, am very picky. Revise, revise, revise. Yeah. Revise. And good so I'm like, Hey, like that logo's a little low. And he's like, Oh, Please just move it up just a little. So he came up with it and I was like, you know, like, let me sleep on it. And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's go. Like, that's perfect. Like, it's, it's geographical. The meaning behind it is great. And then it's like, all right, well, what colors do you want to roll with? And so then I started to think and I really, you know, I didn't want to, I, I want to make sure it was different. Yeah. 
And so, um, you know, the color for 2020 was the, the Pantone of blue that we picked. And it was about like renewal. That's the color of 2020. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I can't remember what the exact color is called, but so our, uh, our front door is actually, we painted it that color and there's a wall in our bedroom. We painted, it's like that Pantone. You know, it's actually kind of funny. I've never heard anybody like celebrate 2020. Yeah. Cause it's just such a shit show. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, good for you. Yeah. But that's, I mean, but honestly, I've heard so many people just complain about the year that it's like good for you for just owning it every single situation in your entire life is about what you decide it is and i understand there were some terrible things that happened but every single thing is what you make of it right yeah. like um you know i quit my job and and i didn't have a steady income and you know i didn't have health insurance and like yeah i could have cried i could have been upset you know we all go through things that are rough you know we we have a bad meet we we have a bad a bad peak we get in a car wreck we go through a breakup but it's so cliche, right? But what you make of it is everything. Yeah. And so if you sit here and you're like, you know what? 2020 kind of shit on everybody. But I, I created this barbell club out of it and it's empowering. And it's it's weird. I actually had a conversation with my athlete earlier who PR'd both of her lifts over this over this call. And you know, everyone's like, oh, like your coaching is just so great and like this and this. And I'm like, I think there's more to it. Like me branching off and created this almost felt to me, it felt like my athletes felt the need to show that I did the right move. Like okay. my athletes have been succeeding. Um, and you know, there's also this whole aspect that like, I'm a different person. I'm more confident. I haven't been anxious as much anymore. So I've been more present, but I mean, I had an athlete, uh, one of my best athletes is out of Florida and she actually had, so she started, uh, lifting, uh, she lived before, but then she started lifting in about three years ago and she was under this coach and she was a nurse. Her husband is in the Air Force. He's a pilot. They were long distance. It was really hard on her. She worked long hours. You know, nursing's rough. You work 12-hour shifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's in the military, too, so it's not like she can just take a day off. Mm. And she would drink a lot, and she, it got to the point where we were like, hey, you need to lift more days than you drink. And mm. the coach that she had at the time when Kate, my athlete, came to her and was like, hey, um, I think I need to quit the sport. Yeah. Um, you know, or no, she said, I think I need to go down to three days of training. And this coach is like, well, the problem is um, I don't coach athletes that only train three days a week. So you should probably just go to like Orange Theory. You should probably just, you know. And so the the athlete was like, Kate was like, hey, like I'm um, told me like, hey, I'm going to quit lifting. And I was like, mm, I'm just going to coach you. Like, yeah. no, you're going to get it together. We're going to do this together and I'm going to get you where you want to be. And I mean, she was, uh, you know, I used to tell her she lifted like a, a really special penguin. Um, she was bad. She was really bad. Uh, she was a uh, 59, snatching 45, maybe cleaning jerk and 65 on a good day. And that was two and a half years ago. And man, she's just been putting in work and chipping away. And uh, last year at AO2, we were set up. We were peaked to qualify for finals. She had cut to 55. It was a perfect cut. You know, the situation kind of sucked. We talked about earlier at AO2 last year because I wasn't able to coach the way I could because mm -hmm. I was coaching 26 athletes by myself. And she bombed. And at Damn. that point, she could have quit. She could have been like, you know what? I busted my ass for two years to try to qualify for finals. I bombed. Not only did I not make the total, I bombed and she didn't. And she got back in it and she worked. And she did an online qualifier a month ago and she qualified. Oh, yeah. And she's been, but it's almost like I needed to take that leap yeah. for those athletes to be like, you know what? I got you. Like I, I, like, I got you. Like, I've got kids who are hitting numbers that, you know, I never thought imaginable. I have a, a 55, uh, she's 14, and she just cleaned 84. It's just, it's just crazy that it's just, it's almost, it's like a, it's like, you know, they say like lead from the front, right? Yeah. It's almost like when you take that leap and you jump, your athlete's like, all right, like, like let's do this. Like, I yeah. got you. I'm going to put up those numbers I've been chasing. I'm going to do it. 
and it doesn't really matter what it is, but it's just they like they've been reaching their goals like more, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, I also think like, you know, it can also be like inspiring. Yeah, yeah, and I've and, and it always throws me off guard. Um, you know, actually, one of my teammates now who was just here this weekend. Last year at the Arnold, I didn't do how I wanted. And I remember I tried to sneak out like a side curtain so I didn't talk to anybody. And she was standing on the other side of the curtain. And she was like, Brittany, like my name's Heather. And I just want to let you know I follow you on Instagram. And like I opened my gym because of you. And I think you're so inspiring. And I was like, dude, I didn't even do that well. And she was like. That's heavy. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not even that good, right? And she's like, no, like I did this because of you. Um, one of my athletes who was actually the MC today, uh, Steph, you know, she moved down here from New York and, um, you know, she told me, she's like, look, like, I see how hard you work. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, I can do that. Like, I can work that hard. And That's it always throws me off. And I'll have athletes that ask me, like, well, how are you doing? And I don't really like, I don't really like to talk about myself. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, I just, it feels narcissistic. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm like, well, let's just talk about you. Let's talk about how your training is going. And they're like, but how are you doing, coach? And I'm like, I'm fine. Let's talk about you. That's awesome. Though. Um, but yeah, anytime someone tells me that, like, man, like what you're doing is so inspiring. I'm just like, man, it's just me. That's what I'm saying. I think like, you know, um, I, I, my like mantra for life, especially in sport, is I, th there are scientific uh, data sets that prove I am not the most athletic person in the room. Mm -hmm. um, but I w want so desperately to prove myself and prove to other people that, Hard work wins. Always. And, um, you know, ultimately I have no idea how my career in this sport or any other sport is going to play out. But again, like, you know, when people see that, when people see that you are trying to outwork, you know, your competition right. or, or yourself or your best effort or mm -hmm. whatever, I think people get super inspired by that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that's part of the reason why for me I'm an athlete because – Personally, and this doesn't apply to all coaches, but I feel as if I feel better about how hard I push my athletes if I'm pushing myself harder. Okay. Um, I'm lucky that I have a really good coach who understands my goals. And, you know, I trained at a time that I didn't say I was going to train. And Courtney was like, you told me you were going to train at this time. And you didn't. Like, I am trying to get you to your goals. So you have to do what you say you're going to do. And like I was like, time of the day? Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, okay, sorry. That's awesome, though. So, you know, if, you know, I know I don't lift the most impressive numbers, but I know I'm going to outwork or work just as hard as my athletes. What, uh, what are your goals as an athlete? Uh, so I was doing really well. Really, last year at AO2 is when I started really taking on more at the business with the TSS. Yeah. So last July, let me see, um, I've done 68 quite a few times and I've cleaned and jerked 80 a couple times. Okay. Um, so, you know, for me, I've been, I'm chasing 70, you know, red plates with a collar on the, on the platform is, is always kind of a cool milestone. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty close and then honestly coaching just took over. Um, and you know, that's, it's always an excuse, right? I have an athlete who I'll tell her like, Oh, it was pretty good. And she's like, it's just an excuse. And so I understand. And, uh, so for me, like 70, 85 is like what I want to do next. You know, I know I'm 30 and I would rather get, you know, 10 athletes qualified for finals and ever, I don't have like these big dreams of like going to finals. Cause I know at the end of the day, every day I have to pick, am I a coach or am I an athlete? And I will pick being a coach every single day. You know, if it comes down to it, you know, at AO2, I coached 26 athletes and I competed. 
And I hit my opener and I came off the platform and I looked at Courtney and I was like, I don't know what else I have in me. Like my CNS was just smoked, just done. Yeah. Like I went to go push off the ground um, in my third pole and there was nothing there. I mean, I, I mean, I think, I think everything is about priority. Right. And if your priority is your athlete, I don't necessarily think that that's an excuse. Yeah. I mean, you'll have to sort of, uh, you know, reconcile that yeah. within yourself about like, am I, re- am I, am I making this an excuse or mm-hmm. am I being, <laughs> or am I, or is this just my priority? Right. Like Vicky's b- lifetime PR snatch is 97 pounds. Yeah. And that's awesome. I don't. <laughs> know what that is in kilos but we have uh, a competition uh-huh. who first can snatch I'm trying to snatch 200 pounds uh-huh. and she's trying to snatch 100 pounds mm-hmm. and whoever like if I win mm-hmm. she has to do a marathon row okay it's like 32,000 meters or something you better win she's obviously if she put in five minutes of work per day right. she could beat me because yeah. she can definitely snatch uh, 100 pounds right but it, it's not a priority right it's, it's just not. She just and, doesn't care. Yeah, but, and I feel that way about everything. Like, everything yeah. is a priority. Like, I can tell you my eating could be better, but it's not a priority. And yeah. for me, being a coach and being a business owner comes before, unfortunately, almost everything. It's to the point, like, thank God I have such an understanding fiancé because she's like, you need to eat. Right. Or a couple days ago, she straight up, like, closed my laptop and was like, stop working. Mm-hmm. But to me... You know, I had this conversation with Dave Griffin a couple days ago. There's a large lack in coaching education, I feel like, across the board. There aren't enough coaches out there. You know, I will get an athlete who's been lifting for for four to five years, and I see them lift, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'll make, like, two tweaks, and they're like, that feels so much better. And that's borderline infuriating for me as as a coach because I'm like, why has no one fixed you? And so to me, everyone like keeps asking me like, oh, when are you going to cap yourself? Like, when are you not going to take on more athletes? And I always kind of like uh, or beat around the bush with the answer because like, I don't think I ever will. Mm-hmm. I think I'll just find somehow more of myself to give because until I have coaches under me that can coach at the same level I am, I'm not going to turn someone away from getting quality coaching. But I feel like there is a huge issue with people not understanding how to coach. Um, and I don't know if maybe I feel like that comes from like, CrossFit because like I coached CrossFit for a long time and I joke around that I wish I could go back and talk to everyone that I taught how to snatch when I was a CrossFit coach and be like I'm really sorry like I had no idea what I was doing but there's also not to my knowledge anyone out there really putting out that education for weightlifting yes like continuing education outside of the outside of like the level one and the level two. two and you know I took the level one and I feel like I took it I don't remember. A long time ago. And I think it was a good base. Yeah. But there's no... You know, I took mine at 210. Yeah? With... with uh, what, help me. What's his name? Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Galvan. Yep. And at the time, he he, he was like... I was like lifting and he was like, gay. Yeah. <laughs> but now I see him all the time and he's like, hey, homie. Like we're best friends. Right. Uh, and it's actually kind of funny, but... So 210 was actually where I started weightlifting. Oh, dope. So I was a CrossFit coach at a gym here in town called Bedlam. Um, so kind of how I started coaching was I was just a CrossFit athlete mm-hmm. and I was, well, we're, <laughs> truth. Uh, I was that's not a very good CrossFit athlete. And I stayed after one class to help someone with their handstand pushups. Okay. And the owner, his name's J.A. He came up to me and he was like, Hey, Brittany, do you want to be a coach? And I was like, what? And he was like, you have, what is it like within you to be a coach? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm a paramedic. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah. look, there's a L1. I want you to go take it. And yeah. I want you to be a coach for me. Yeah. And I was like, what are you 
like, no. Yeah, we, if, when you're a gym owner, you see, like, leadership yeah. in folks. Yeah, and he just kept pushing. And I was like, you know what? Fine, whatever. Started coaching CrossFit, fell in love with coaching. Fell in love with it. Um, I It was just, it's crazy, right? And, like, I even, like, thanked, um, you know, J.A. and Bedlam recently on my Instagram. Like, hey, man, like, never forget where you came from. Never forget who's the person who looked at you and was like, hey, you could be somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do something. So, anyway, so I was a CrossFit athlete. Didn't even know weightlifting was a sport. Mm. Thought it was just part of CrossFit. Gotcha. And so one day someone was like, oh, like, yeah, there's a weightlifting meet on TV. And I watched it and I was like, wait, I can just do that. You're right. So I went to JA and I was like, hey, I think you just want to be a weightlifter. And he's like, well, we don't have a weightlifting program. So I took my level one with Steve. And Steve was like, hey, why aren't you a weightlifter? Like, you actually move pretty well. I did not. But Steve, well, he, he gassed me up for sure. He, he wants, gassed me up. He wants everybody to be a weightlifter. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I was like, well, I'm a CrossFit coach. He was like, okay, so? And I was like, well, I don't think internally I could coach at one gym and be an athlete at another. It's a conflict for me of interest, I feel. Okay. And this was then. Maybe now I'd feel different. I mean, obviously I do. I'm on a different weightlifting team. But uh, I was like, well, you know, I coach. And he was like, well, do you, um, do you, do you get, how much do you get paid? And I was like, well, I just coach for free because I like it and I'm a paramedic. So it's, it's whatever. I don't care about it. He's like, what if I pay you to coach and you could be, be a, a lifter for me? And I was like, I don't know. So I thought about it and, uh, you know, I made the jump and that's when I was like, you know what? And that was even hard. That was like very much like quitting my job. Cause I loved Bedlam. I love the athletes. The coaches were amazing. Um, and that's how I got into it was because of Steve. Oh, Steve. Yeah. That guy. He, he's come to blue wave a few times. Yeah. For meets. Yeah. He, I don't know how much many athletes he's still coaching. I know he does real estate. Correct. So he, has he a came couple. to qualify himself for, Master some. Okay. Good for him. Yeah. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's cool. I don't think when I when I, I had my L1 with him, he was just giving me such a hard time about not being a shit weightlifter. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's funny. Like now when he's like so friendly with me. Yeah. I'm like. You're like, hey, remember you an asshole? Remember when you thought I was trash? Yeah. He uh, probably would be like, yeah. Yeah, I do remember. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tiffany Wallers is. One of Ursula's lifters. She's a 76. Yeah. I want to say, yeah. Okay. Let's say, let's say I, that I definitely know that name, but I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily friends can't with put that a person. face in. Okay. So she came, uh, she's actually on, Ursula still coaches her, but she's on CB uh, with Courtney. So she came and dropped in and we trained in the garage a couple days ago and we we're talking about Ursula. And I was like, yeah, I remember my first run with Ursula. And Tiffany was like, oh God, like, what was it? And I was like, well, I was at Steve's and I was doing cleans. And at that point, someone along the lines had told me that my proportions were so that I had to have an arm bend and clean off my hips. It was really bad. Like I look back and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, Somebody so, told you you had to have an early arm bend? Correct. Like to get into my hip to clean. Perfect. So like I was like this cleaning. It was terrible. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. I've deleted all those old videos. But anyway, <laughs> so Ursula walks in. You and should pull them back out some like a like a throwback Thursday. Yeah, no way. Like I'd be like I'd get like ten like quit emails from athletes. Yeah. Like, oh, you're trash coach. You'd be on what oh for six lifting. Yeah, exactly. You'd make all the I actually things. have an athlete that made that because I did. Yeah, he uh, caught a snatch and it spit him out and he like supermaned across the room. It was mm-hmm. great. Anyway, so Ursula walks in and I'm like I'm like I've always been uh, I want you had a, had a coach tell me confidence has never been an issue. Like, when I walk into a meet, even though I'm in, like, B or C session at a series, I'll look at someone and be like, all right, I'm going to beat that person. Let's play. I always say, let's play weightlifting. Yeah, like, let's People go. are like, 
Like I'll go and I'll be like, all right, who's opening like two kilos heavier than me? And I'll find them in the back room and like, they don't know it. Right. But they're my worst <laughs> enemy at that moment. I'm like, I'm gonna beat that person. You know, I might just snatch like 65, but I'm gonna beat them. Um, and so, you know, and so Ursula walks in, I'm like, Oh, like I'm gonna show Ursula how good this 63 kilo power clean is. And she walks in and I clean that thing off my hips. And she's like, well, that was interesting. And kept walking. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take my shoes off and leave. I believe it. Yeah. I and, believe and it. you know, Courtney coaches just like Ursula. Uh, there was a really good set of cleans I had that I sent Courtney. And uh, I was like, man, but like, did you see how good I did that? And she goes, listen, don't get cocky. And I was like, nailed it. That's awesome. I'm like, thanks, coach. I love, I love when people don't gas me up. Yeah. When, when they like, just are like, that was trash. Yeah. But you, but the thing too, I actually learned from a coach that, pretty much shredded me daily uh-huh. was you can only handle emotionally, no matter how tough you are, you can only handle so much. Yes. I definitely agree with that. You got to have a shit sandwich. Yeah. You can only beat down on someone so hard. So there's an athlete that, that Courtney coaches that used to be under me. Her name's Megan. And she was lifting here going heavy a couple days ago. And she's been like chasing my numbers forever. And a little rivalry. Yeah. She's also like two weight classes smaller, so that's not like don't let her like realize that. But <laughs> she's chasing my numbers, and so she cleaning jerk seventy six, and it was kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, "All right, put seventy eight on the bar." And I was like, "Dude, like you're not good for it." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "You're not good for it." In my head, I'm like, "I know you're good for it," <laughs> but I'm like, "I'm not gonna tell you you're good for it." And she's one of those athletes that like she almost needs shit talked. At uh, at AO two, she broke the state record, and then Mister Opener on cleaning jerk. And I sat her down and just ripped into her, like yeah. ripped her up and down. I, w- I literally told it's her good sometimes. Yeah. Well, I told her I'm, she made her next two lifts. Yeah. I was like, you're wasting my time. Like Damn. I'm lifting tomorrow and I'm standing here on my feet, wasting my athletic potential because you don't know how to make lifts. I'm like, yeah, you broke a state record, but nobody's going to remember your state record when you go bomb on clean and jerk. Nobody's going to remember. Damn. You think you're so cute in your singlet? <laughs> No one's going to remember that. Just you bombing. Oh she my got God. so mad. She went and hit her next two ones. And then we sat down. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I've never been that mean to anyone. And I'm really sorry if you're offended. But like, hey, it worked. I, I, I can't imagine how I would handle that. I, mean, I don't think I'll ever tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's. What? It was a huge risk. But she's also t- oh, 10 years younger than me. I was me. lifting with Mary one time. Uh-huh. And I hit. I think I was lifting with Mary one time. And. Uh, she was like helping me with my warm ups or something. So I started like going for it. So I did like 55, 65, mm-hmm. and I think I snapped like 65. And I was like stoked and I go like snatched it. And I'm thinking like, okay, like I'm really applying all these cues. And Mary looks at me and she goes, ugh, gross. <laughs> she goes, ugh, gross. Excuse and, me? And I was like, gross. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just gonna leave. Never mind. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a balance and it's about understanding the athlete. Like I've got some athletes that they do better gassed up. Yeah. And then tons of athletes that I have, you know, and I'll tell them, I'll be like, oh, that was okay. And they're like, I think that was pretty good. I'm like, it was okay. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, babe, guess what so-and-so did today? They snatched 80 kilos and it was beautiful. Like it was fine. It was okay. <laughs> I don't want to like go write in my diary about it. I'm not going to put it on Instagram. No, nah, I'm definitely not. Like, I don't, I'm just going to delete that video off my phone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's finding that balance as a coach and knowing what that athlete needs. If that athlete needs gassed up, if they need tore down, or they just need like, sometimes athletes just need a homie in the back room. That's fair. Like sometimes they just need like, hey, like we got this, like we're in this, let's go. How do you feel about being a female coach? Uh, so I definitely feel like it's hard. Um, but I don't feel like it's as hard as a lot of people make it out to be. Um, I've had one instance where a coach 
or not a coach, a father and a son walked into our gym at TSS and was like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a coach. I'm like, cool. My name's Brittany. Uh, you know, and they're like, well, can we talk to the other coach? And I was like, yeah. So I went and got him and they're like, well, like, where's the male coach? And we were like, yo, we ain't got a male coach. Um, I feel like it's different. Um, I definitely feel like I'm able to relate more to my female athletes. Yeah. And it also, you're able to be like a role model for them and it'd be like inspiring Males, it's a little different. Like, you have to be careful. You always have to be careful when you're coaching males because you never want, like, to get... I don't want to say too close, but you never want to put off, like, those, like... Like, you can get close to a female as a female, but as a female coach, you never want to, like, cross that boundary with a guy and let them even, like, think like you're interested, I guess. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were headed. Yeah. And I was kind of like... I didn't know if you you were, like, saying, like... You didn't want them to, like, get a big head. No, no, But no, you no. meant, like, in a romantic yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, female to female, it's I feel like it's, like, more, like, I don't want to say normal. But as a guy, when a guy gets attention from a female, sometimes they think, like, oh, yeah, like, they know they're you're into gay? me. Yeah. You know, guys, sometimes they shoot in the dark. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> and I say that because when we first started, I had an athlete who was... Um, he was one of my first athletes and he, I coached him for like a year or two. And one day he was like, Hey, um, I need to have a conversation. I'm like, all right, cool. And he was like, I, I love you. And I was like, damn. Oh fuck. Well now I have to, I can't coach you anymore. (laughs) You just, you just made this weird. You just made this weird. Um, I feel like it's different now that, you know, I'm engaged and you know, that they're, they know Kayla and they're around her. Um, you know, I had one instance. So actually, this is a funny story. Will, the reason Will and I are friends is because I had some guy get in my face at AO2. So I was in the back room. Um, I was walking into this meet knowing I had to coach a bazillion athletes. Uh, it, was, it was 73E session, Thursday at 8 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? Uh. I'm coaching. I think I coach every session except two. Uh. Like, I took someone to weigh-ins. Um, or I, I competed. Someone I was coaching during my weigh-ins. Like, in between snatch and clean and jerk, I ran to weigh-ins. And I was like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry, but I need to cut. And they were like, you know what? It's fine. Like, go. Um, I was in the back. And I had a master's athlete and a youth athlete that I was coaching. Very different numbers. Yeah. And I was like, okay. In that session. Yes. And neither were my athlete. Um, I was just coaching them for someone else. Yep. And I was standing in the back. And they were warming up. And I had this guy come up to me. And he was like, hey, um, I need you to not walk across my platform. And I was like, excuse me? And my athletes love this story because it just shows like part of like this other part of me that not many people see. And he was like, I was like, excuse me? And he was like, don't walk across my platform. And I was like, who are you? And he was like, I'm just telling you like not to walk across my platform. And I was like, hey man, is this your first national meet? And he was like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, actually it's pretty obvious that this is your first national meet because he was like, well, you can just walk all the way around like everyone else. And I was like, dude, I'm walking next to your platform in between the plate rack and the platform to see the card table because I have two athletes competing. I'm coaching by myself. And I didn't have a loader because all my athletes were, com- were competing later and I didn't let them load. I wouldn't even acknowledge that. But. So he got in my face and I'm like, hey, dude, like, fuck off. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> and he like, he really got in my face. I'm like, you know, I'm going to get the meat director. He was like, oh, you know the meat director? And I'm like, yes. yeah, man. Phil? It was Joaquim uh. with High Desert. Mm. So I was like, hey, Joaquim, can you come here and like handle this? And Joaquim, if you don't know who he is, is like the sweetest guy ever. Yeah. Super nice. And so he tells the guy like, hey, look, like this is just a weightlifting meet and this and this. And it's funny. Joaquim came up to me later and gave me this patch. And it's the New Mexico State Championship 2018 first place. 
gave me this patch and he was like, Hey, like I found this in my bag. Like, here you go. I think it was like a, like a off piece offering. Yeah. So I have it pinned on my wall. Cause it r- reminds me of that meet where I feel like things change for me as a coach. Was it Albuquerque? Yes. Got it. Um, so anyway, later on in the meet, that same guy was sharing a platform with Courtney, like, and sh- Courtney was coaching and I walked over there to like give Courtney something. And then I walked away and then the guy came over to apologize. And I'm like, Hey man, look, maybe it was a tough cut. <laughs> he was coach. Oh, and he had one athlete there Oh, in 73 E no offense against 73 E, but like, come on, buddy. So this guy was like, Hey, I'm really yeah. sorry. Like this and this. And I was like, look, dude, all I'm going to tell you is you need to be careful who you're talking to. Cause you don't know who I am. I could be someone important. I could not, but you don't know. And that's my point. I was like, you see the, the person you're sharing a platform with that other coach. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, cool. She's on, she's on, I, th- I think she's on the ethics board or she's on one of the boards with USAW. Yeah. You don't know who you're going to piss off. Right. And you don't want to piss people off in this sport because it's such a tight knit group of right. people. That's fair. So I was like, you, I could be no one or I could be someone important, but I'm giving you advice that you, you need to kind of learn your place. Like, man, I, I remember my first meet, and I remember not having any clue what's going on. Yeah. But you can't just come off at someone you don't know really aggressive like that. Yeah. But and so bringing back to your point, if I was a dude, he would have never done that. Probably not. No way. No way. And before I would say people knew who, at least who I was kind of at meets, it was hard. Like, you'd be standing at the card table, and some dude would just stand in front of you. And you're like, hey, I'm like 5'3", man. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to see the cards. Um, I think it's hard you know, we're all insecure, right? And I think it's hard when you have those insecure moments, but the more this sport has developed me as a person um, and the stronger and more secure I've gotten, the more I don't even like think about the fact that I'm a female because at the end of the day, yeah, it doesn't really matter. me being a female doesn't change my knowledge. It doesn't change how I know how to move a barbell. It doesn't change my understanding of the human body or my understanding of humans in general because there's so much more than just understanding how to move a bar when it comes to this sport. Yeah. So is it hard? Sure. Um, is it hard being gay and being a female? Sure. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the thing that I love about this sport is that you compete in a gender, you compete in a weight class, and you compete in an age bracket. And nobody cares what singlet you have on or if you have the new I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. I always, I'm always looking for a good singlet. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but I see what you're saying. I'm just like, kidding. it doesn't matter. No. You know, and you see, like, I had two 81s yesterday do the online qualifier, and one of them's like 5'6", and one's 6'1". You know, they both hit the number, though. And Touché. it doesn't matter because, and that's what's so cool about this sport is that a kilo is a kilo. Yep. And whoever lifts the most, whether they're on Juggernaut or on Catalyst or on some team you've never heard of, a medal's a medal. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think... I like coaching boys. Sorry, an aside. I do. I like coaching guys. I think it's... There's less... Uh, no, there's still emotions. I like coaching kids. Really? Uh, so I have a really strong youth team. That's awesome. It's super cool. So I've got, um, let me see. I've got two kids that are doing the youth online qualifier. I have a the uh, uh, youth the worlds. Oh, qualif- two. I have two. So Mario, uh, so Mario's a 67. Yep. He's 16. He turns 17. Soon he turned seventeen, very soon. Yeah. Um. He just went one eleven, one fifty. So what's cool is if my calculations are right, if we total three more kilos than that, our trip is actually potentially paid to Peru uh, because he'd be top five in the world. What is that? Two sixty funded. Funded. Yes. Um. His. So he. I got him a couple years ago when he um came and did one of our meets. Sometimes the coaches aren't funded. Yeah. Oh man, I don't care. I'll pay for it. 
I'll do a GoFundMe. We'll figure, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll go start donating plasma again. Like, it's whatever. <laughs> um, his little sister, I say little. Um, oh, his sister. They got genetics. There's three of them. Dope. They got, how old is the littlest? Uh, 11. Oh, we got them. So, so, Bri- so Brianna's uh, 59. Um, she just went sixty eight ninety five. We gotta get one of like those uh, big raccoon traps. Yes. Put it outside the house and just. Well, no, I've already got Daniel. I coach him too. So All three. Yes. Perfect. So actually, there's a video of me after Daniel hit his. I made. Uh, I made an 11 year old who is a 36 take a six kilo jump at state to break the state record, That's and he hit it. It was a five kilo PR. What and a there's a video boss. of me literally picking him up and putting him over my shoulder. That's awesome. So I have those three. Um, Anna is one of my local ones. She is 15. For, she just turned 15. She's a 55. She's the one that just cleaned 84. She snatches 61, 62, and clean and jerks 80 regularly. Let's go. It's just, uh, I just, kids are, it's just cool. Like, so it's funny. I always listen to Halsey when I train. It's just like the artist. Oh, Halsey. Halsey. Yeah. Whatever you pronounce it. Halsey. I don't know how you say it, Me but that's either. how I say it. Yeah, Halsey's great. I train alone, so in my reality, whatever I say is the It's truth. the rule. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Anna really never has music because I get her videos. Yeah. And uh, when she hit, sent me those PR clean videos, she was listening to Halsey. Hmm. And I was very like, oh, soft spot. Like my heart. Be still my heart. Yeah. I mean, I love kids. I love coaching everybody. I mean, the oldest I coach is 72. His name's Eddie. And I love coaching him too because he'll go brag to like his buddies. Like, yeah, man, like the VFW. look at this video. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look what I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just love coaching. Whether they're, they're beginners, they've never touched a bar. And it's like, hey, man, this is, you know, your first snatch. Or, you know, you just qualified for finals. Yeah. Um, it's just cool. And the great thing about, you know, remote coaching is you can coach people everywhere. Um, about half the people I coach are remote. Some of my best athletes are remote. And it's really hard being a remote athlete. Yep. I mean, you get it. You're with Max remote. I'm with Court remote. I think having uh, a coach, for lack of better words, who gives a fuck is really important. And a coach who understands you as a person and you're not just a template in a program. And you're not just, you know, a lot of coaches, I think if you're like out of sight, out of mind, it's just like, all right, you pay me this much money a month and here's your program. Or the online teams. Yeah. Or like the online teams. And, um, most of my, most of my remote lifters fly in, mm-hmm. um, a couple times a year to come train with the team yeah. or work with me one-on-one. Um, I'll do privates over zoom. Uh, we do pretty in-depth video analysis that really helps pick apart that stuff. Oh, like coaches I type stuff. Yeah. So we use Slack. And so what I do is I have all my athletes upload videos and then sometimes I'll give like ver- like written typed feedback. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes I'll upload them into coaches eye and really slow them down and break things down. Um, in a way that I think, and this is a conversation I've gotten into with Courtney, to where I feel like a lot of coaches overcoach. Mm-hmm. And so they'll give you a hundred things to think about yeah. when really you need like two. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist, right. but I know as an athlete, if I'm thinking about, I can pick, I can probably pick two things yeah. per lift. But that's it. And I'm like, okay, like I really am pretty bad about having my hips shoot up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. Really, really try to like stay, keep your hips down, mm-hmm. and then like maybe I'll be like be patient through the pool mm-hmm. or make sure you're setting your feet up or whatever. But but I gotta pick two. Yeah, that's it. Because if you're thinking of a million things, not only um, two things you can fix, two things you can work on, ten yeah. things you can't. And so when you feel like you're constantly chipping away at this laundry list of cues, you're never winning. Right. And you're always having confidence issues. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with athletes whose coaches kind of overcoach is they're not confident because there's always something wrong. Right. Even if even if there's 10 things they're working on and they get five right, there's still five they're not. Right. And I think maybe it comes from me being a paramedic for so long is that coaching... Triage. Correct. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's the truth, no, 100%. though. 100%. Like, when I see someone lift, I'm like, all right, cool. Where's their foot pressure? Where are their shoulders? Where's their hands? Let's look at that. Yeah. Because, you know, I had someone drop into the gym that's on another team, and um, she was lifting, and it wasn't very good. And I was like, hey, um, can I tell you something, or do you want me to fuck off? Yeah. I don't care. I will not be offended if you don't want me to coach you, yeah. but I can tell you something small that's going to fix your snatch. And she was like, yeah, please. I'm like, cool, move your hands in. I was like, your hands are super wide. Yeah. And she's a remote coach. And if you don't get the right angle, it's hard. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, move your hands in like literally like three inches on each side. And she looked three at inches? me. They were super wide. Okay. And she moved him in and she snatched and dropped it and looked at me. And I was like, yeah, that was better. Sometimes I see people set ups on the gram and yeah. I'm like, How's no one saying something to you? Right. I mean, it's not going to be me. But. Yeah. But if you're if you're on one of those remote teams where you just get a program and you don't have a coach watch videos, or, you know, I had an athlete that I coached um, that her coach was older, and yeah. um, he would watch videos, but he it was a learning curve. And so if you're not used to technology, I could see mm. it being very difficult to try to fix things. Oh, I see. Or, you know, I will say one thing. Courtney is really great about when I send her videos. She almost always has her phone on her. So it's borderline, like, like immediate feedback. Do I have to rest maybe a little bit longer than I would want to for sure? But usually I'll send her a video and she gets right back to me. Um, and that's why, you know, when we do it with Slack, I'll think like, all right, my athletes train. Most of my athletes are on five days, some are on four. And so Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, I always log in and check videos. And give feedback so they have something to work on like the next day. But if you're never getting feedback and you're just on a template, you might have this one really bad habit that yeah. is never going to get fixed. Right. I, I jumped. I had, I was jumping. So I, uh, actually, I hurt my Achilles doing some CrossFit stuff. Was it doing box jumps? No. Okay. It was just running. Okay. I was thinking I was, like what unfortunately happened to Fouché. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, but I was doing double unders and running back in, in the same workouts, mm -hmm. like, a lot of times. And mm -hmm. so I was having some Achilles tendon tendinosis. I do this thing where I don't tell my coaches that I have an ailment mm -hmm. until, it's, have a couple of those. until it's so bad that yeah. I cannot lift. Yeah. It, it's, like, in my mind... You're I'm not like, like, hey, this is bugging me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll just train through it. I'll just yeah. train through it until I literally can no It'll longer... It'll get better or it won't. I'm like, well, now, at this point, I can no longer train. Right. Period. Yeah. And I have to tell them that I cannot complete the programming that they gave me. Right. And, and then I'm a failure. And then my coach is like, holy shit. So then I go and get like, you know, an MRI or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you have destruction of the tendon. Congratulations. Right. Anyways, so I had this Achilles injury. And what had happened was it was like messing with the uh, flexion and loading yeah. in that leg. Right. And so I started pulling that leg back. Hmm. So I would just pull, but I would only pull. Kelly Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would only pull one leg back. Right. I would pull my left leg back. I actually had an athlete use that as a verb once. She was like, I'm just kind of Kelly Wallen out here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, I, I know it's exactly what you mean, man. Yeah. And so I would always pull that left leg back. Yeah. And I had that habit for, I do it sometimes now if it gets really heavy or if I'm really tired. Yeah. But I. Did it ever transfer over into hip issues? Well, who knows if the hip issues are from that or yeah. who knows? I mean, that stuff's all connected, right? Yeah. So that's why when an athlete tells me is that something. My is that, does that make my knee swell? Who knows? Yeah. It's all <laughs> but, connected, right? Yeah. But so I did it for like a year and nobody Fixed like, it. corrected it. Man, it'd be really interesting to see almost like, like you, then you're getting into like neuromuscular stuff, but like the changes that would happen, like if you, your development from one side to the other. Oh, yeah. Like if the other side was, it would just be interesting to be able to see that stuff. Um, I don't know. I find stuff like that like really. Have you ever really looked much into or learned much about like the velocity based training stuff? Uh, well, 
Uh, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. I'm going to say yes, I have looked into it. Okay. No, I'm not an expert. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect that. So I started- I don't like to overpromise. No. If I say, I know, if I if I say something that like, I'm usually very convicted in right. it. Right. But if, if I- definitely I, can pick up on that. Like when you're looking at my fence. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I would have put up trim pieces. But. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I follow Will Fleming and he posts a lot of stuff. And for me- um, you know, there is that subjective part of weightlifting that is like, well, how does that feel? And then I think it would be the cool. So I ordered a velocity based trainer from rep one. Oh, dope. Uh, Cause that's what Will Fleming has. We talked about a little bit. I think it's cool to more dive into the objective side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you feel terrible, but you're moving at a proper speed that would allow you to lift heavier. Yeah. So I work with Mike Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, my, okay. So like feelings are amazing. Right? right. And if an athlete feels like absolute garbage, maybe you need to take a rest day. Right. But also, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter how you feel. No. Because, like, okay, if I go train at 5 o'clock in the morning with my friend Randy, I'm going to feel, like, doo-doo. I'm going right. to feel like absolute garbage. I'm going to feel awful. Right. Does that make me any less fit or nope. capable or strong than I feel at noon or 2 p.m.? Or I typically am training right now around 5.45 p.m. Right. Is, there any, is there any difference in my, my physical capacity? Right. No. No, no. None whatsoever. So it's like to a certain degree, if, yeah, if my leg feels swollen, I maybe should take a day off. Mm-hmm. But to other degree, if I feel a certain way, it's not quantifiable. Like you got to just let it go. You right. got to say it's subjective. It doesn't matter. Right. I don't care how you feel. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, you know, I've had athletes come in and they're like, well, I'm just having an off day. And I'm like, cool. So you have two options. You either leave and go home. Yep. And because like, no matter what, you're going to bring down the vibe because yep. everyone here's like, you know, everyone comes into the gym and you don't know what, what that day was. If they worked eight to five, if they were in school all day, or if they sat on their couch all day because it was a day off. But everyone's here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it takes one bad, one toxic person, one bad attitude to bring down everything. Yeah. I'll tell them like, hey, like you can get over it and lift <clears throat> or you can go home. I mean, I've been that guy before. I mean, everyone's been that guy. Yeah. Just like toxic to the room. Yeah. Just tantruming because yeah. you like missed your, you like missed your, like I missed 55. Yeah. One time I missed uh, at States in the back, I missed uh, 35. But anyway. So funny story. This made me realize that. But about- yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah. And, and sometimes you have to self-recognize and leave. Yeah. For the sake of the Sometimes group. you have to walk away. I mean, at, uh, at AO3, I had a really bad meet. And um, after my snatches, I was really upset. Yeah. And uh, Courtney sat down next to me and she was like, you have five minutes to be upset. And then you're done and you have to clean a jerk. And so I walked into the back where no one could see me and I threw my belt onto the ground like angrily and I like stood there and I like thought about it and I picked it up and I went and cleaned a jerk. Yeah. But it's one of those things like you have to self-recognize or you have to have a coach that can recognize and have a conversation with you that also isn't abrasive. Like you can't be an ass. You can't be like, hey, get the fuck out of here. I think uh, in the sport, whether it, I think in it, I think in our sport, we don't talk about, uh, mental training enough no 100 percent. and i think it's on uh like an untapped mark market yes like obviously nutrition's huge right. we have to make weight right and obviously your physical capacity is very, very important because mm-hmm. otherwise you can't go lift mm-hmm. but if you are not mentally training mm-hmm. to be the toughest motherfucker in the room 
you will lose. Oh, 100%. Because, it doesn't matter how good you are. With yeah, your because, okay, you have a, an E session right. at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, mentally you're not 100% there because no. your weigh-ins at 6. Right. Okay, and maybe it's after a cut. Right. And so physically you're not. And you not, just flew in the day before because yeah. you couldn't get off work. Okay, you got to understand that at your literally, at your lowest point, I got to hit my best possible numbers. And I hope, and are you training for that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, no one does. So that's something I actually just was posted about on Instagram. So um, I'll tell my athletes, like, look, like, I don't care what your max is. I don't care what you've hit one time in your entire life. It's not impressive to me. Uh, and I always, I, I will preach, like, we work on your base. I want to know what you can hit on any day rough. One of my athletes, Nicole, uh, her max is 76. She's a 71, uh, just hit 76 recently. But she just came off a rough four-week cycle. Didn't deload, didn't taper. Uh, She had to go to a wedding down in the valley. And we woke up Friday morning at 8 a.m. And I'm like, all right, let's go train. You're maxing out. And she was like, what? I'm like, we're going to find out what your base is. Yeah. She she went uh, 76, 90, barely missed like 95. And I'm like, all right, cool. So you know you can hit 99% of what your max is right now on a rough day. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you can do once. What can you do? I don't want to say every day because it's not like Bulgarian, like Monday through Friday, right? <laughs> like, it's like, what can you hit on a day where you walk in and the coach is like, hey, we're going to go heavy today. Like, you know, I had athletes, I had athletes PR today. Oh, yeah. At the, I, at the, at the equality liftoff. So yeah. one of my athletes, uh, Ethan, he came to me in January, I think, uh, you know, with very interesting technique and we fixed it and worked on it. And he hasn't snatched over 85 since February. Yesterday, he snatched 100, and his lifetime max was 90 before that. He snatched 102 today on a 10-minute clock. Yeah. That's crazy. I love CrossFit-style weightlifting. But the great (laughs) thing is, if you ingrain proper movement and, like, motor patterns, and you take away that, you don't get to think on a 10-minute clock. Like, he snatched 93 at 8.50. I wish so badly that meets were like that. And then he loads, he just slaps 10s on there. Yeah, and cool. looks at the clock, and it's nine fifty, and he's not. He took a nine kilo jump and PR'd by two kilos because he didn't get to think. Let's go. You, you, if you pull that entire aspect away, so it's almost like it's a way that someone needs to figure out almost how to ingrain that in athletes on a regular basis, and that's kind of what we were talking about with if you ingrain proper movement in athletes and you teach them how to turn their brain oh, yeah. off. Who knows what can they, they can do? Right, it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, weightlifting meets are. Nutrition, physical training, and pressure. Yeah. How well do you do on pressure? Right. And, and, and I was talking, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody, and I was like, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, uh, Wikers. Wikers and I have competed against each mm-hmm. other a couple of times recently. And it's like, Wikers, I saw on Instagram hit 90 and 110. Yeah. And I haven't hit that recently. Right. So if we go, up to, if we go the same event, same day, Wikers can beat me. Mm-hmm. But if Wikers is, her f- fucks are low or she's having a bad day or she's over it, she right. doesn't want to be there and she misses her lifts or she misses whatever, I win. I go home. I win. Right. Like, she gets called on a press or something knows, weird right? happens. So it's like, you never ever ever want that person, like you want to go six for six. You want that person to go six for right. six and you want to be, ultimately be the stronger person and that's what we train for but ultimately, that's not the sport. No. The sport is who mentally prepared for that day right and as much as everybody else physically prepared yeah and it comes down to just kind of like generally being better being 
you know, I feel like weightlifting also makes you more conscious of your sleep. It makes you more conscious of your stress, of your eating. So all around, if you're just trying to be a better human, yeah. you'll be a better weightlifter. Yeah. But you never know what's going to happen. It's like we were talking about, you know, when, when Mary bombed at state. And, like, went in, I knew my athlete was not going to beat Mary Rossi. I'm like, oh, yeah. I told Miki, like, hey, dude, look, we can pull a silver. Like, gold is not going to happen. We're trying to qualify for finals, but, like, she's an incredible athlete. Yeah. And I remember, like... Mary's such a like sweetheart and I remember it like broke my heart that she bombed but at the same time I was like holy shit like now we win yeah now we win we win we win yeah um but you never know what's gonna happen um when was it nationals in 15 in Salt Lake when almost all of a session bombed 85a it was like red yeah bloodbath yeah it was like everyone medaled from b session like you compete in b thinking like well everyone in a is gonna beat me was it was it I think it was nationals the 15 16. I think it was 16 because I think there were... It, it was, was the, Salt Lake City. The trials. Yes, it was. then it was 16 in Salt Lake. When everyone was like desperate for the... Like yes. everyone was making this last ditch effort. It was just... And just putting dumb numbers on the bar. Like, okay, let's go. Yeah, let's... You know, if I bomb, everybody bombs. It's, Send it. It's like when uh, Maddie and Meredith were just like duking it out at these crazy... Was I it AO2? Uh, yeah, because that was a bronze event. But both of them bombed. Yeah. But it was like, you know, if I go down, you're going down with me. Oh, recently? Yes. At the Arnold? Uh, no, no, no. Last no, it year. Was, it was AO2 last year. Yeah. Because uh, LaChance won. Yeah. So LaChance got... Maddie also bombed at finals. Yes. But different. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like you just, you never know what's going to happen. Alex is coming up. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Uh, is she a 76? I don't know. She won. Yeah, it's that's it's so like it's like when Maddie went eighty seven and was like she was seventy. She was so Meredith, Maddie, and Alex were all seventy ones. Because I thought that at finals, Shakesha I don't think Shakesha. She was a seventy six. I don't think she was in the same session with Alex though. I thought they were on separate platforms. They were. Shakesha was a seventy six. Right. I remember she, so she that snatched she missed ten. She hit an American record. Yeah. Or did she make ten? I th- whatever it was, yeah. she, I thought she was on the middle platform. Shakesha was on the middle. I remember watching her. And list. I thought that Alex was on the right the, one, the stage right. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been. I think she's classes. a seventy-one. I don't know, but I mean, it's it comes down to like. Well, now Maddie's an eighty-seven. So. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and then is Kate an eighty-seven too, or she's seventy-six, eighty-one? I don't even know. She looks like she's put on some mass. You know what, Kate and I can do whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. You know, I could I could sit here and be like, well, this is what I think Kate should do. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Well, you never know. It's like when Maddie cut, it came out of nowhere. It's like when Dela Cruz went down to 49, everyone was like, what? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's like a, you know, there, there's like, there's, okay. So there's like recreational athletes. Right. Then there, which don't have intention of competing. Right. Then you have like local, mm-hmm. uh, like local athletes. And then you have, National level athletes, mm-hmm. 
And then there's like the elite motherfucker. Yeah. And they're talking about like, let's just add 20 kilos to my body weight. No big deal. Right. It's not a big deal. Well, so I had, I coached an athlete. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, that is a, a game playing that is well beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And it's a totally different mental space too. I coached an athlete who dated De La Cruz when they were younger oh, okay. and he's an athlete too. Well, he's from, Jordan is from Wiley, which is up where we are. Okay. Yeah. So they dated and, um, at one point Jordan was like, Hey, well, I have to go train. And he was like, yeah, like, me too. And she was like, no, like, I actually train. And he was like. Nailed it. Hell yeah. Okay. But it's just a totally different. Because in her head, she wasn't being offensive. She was just like, no, like, "Mm, we're kind of playing a different game. Like. I'm trying to go to the Olympics, bro. Yeah. You're playing checkers and I'm playing chess. It's just different. I, I, I really like. I mean, I don't know Jordan on a personal level, but. I respect the shit out of what she's doing. She's. I mean, she. She moves very well. Yeah. Like, there's times that I've been, like, like shown athletes, like, look, like, this is what I'm trying to get you to do. Yeah. Like, this part from the knee to here, like, you whatever. Know what? That's what we're all trying to do is whatever Jordan's doing. Yeah, just lift like Jordan. Yeah. Even sometimes the weight Jordan does. I mean, her numbers are comparable to mine. <laughs> she's substantially smaller. And she's young. Yeah, she's a child. She's 22? Yeah, college age. I don't even think she's that old. 21, maybe. But she's not a junior anymore, right? Or is she? I don't know. I don't know either. Don't know. So um, you're still tr- you're still taking on athletes? Yes. So still taking on athletes. Um, pretty selective within house. We're in the process of kind of working out another situation to where we might have somewhere else where athletes can train here in San Antonio. Um, I don't really have any goals right now of opening like an actual location. Um, I at TSS I feel like athletes where got really have, spoiled. Where you would have to rent space. Yeah, and it's not even about that. I feel like, you know, we were in a situation to where we had 10 platforms, we had Alico, people would share their own, they, they had their own platform, they had their own bar, they had a full set of Alico plates, and they got spoiled. Yeah. And, you know, we had an athlete drop in from Texas Barbell, and he was talking about they have, like, six or seven platforms, and there'll be four people on a platform, and that's yeah. just normal. And so I've told my athletes, like, look, like, we're going to get back to what the sport is actually about, and you need to share. Uh, one of my athletes shared a barbell with an athlete that was considerably stronger than her and pulled numbers out out of her but honestly that she never would have touched if she had a bar to herself so right now i'm really trying to like just grow the team as it is um pretty selective about in-house you know we have people that are local that have garage gyms that i'm like hey man i'll coach you yeah uh remote is definitely where we're trying to grow just because it's endless and you know it's something to where we can grow a team and i can coach people here on the platforms and then i can go inside and coach people separately so I feel like my, my coaching can be divided. Yeah. And I'm not... Compartmentalize a little bit. Yeah, and I'm not, like, diluting the products. Yeah. Um, so... If, if people want to be a remote athlete, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, DM on Instagram, or you can email. Uh, it's just Brittany at barbarbell.com. B-E-X-A-R. B-E-X. B-E-X. Don't just B-E-A-R. Uh, or you can just DM on social media. Um, you know, we actually have a few athletes that also do CrossFit too, like you do, where they do CrossFit and weightlifting of a couple athletes that do weightlifting and powerlifting. Um, you know, the great thing with, yeah, well, the great thing with, you know, I learned a lot from OPEX is understanding the energy systems and the science and having like a strength somewhat background, you can kind of program for anything. It just has to make sense. Yeah. So, um, I learned a lot from, you know, Chris Henshaw. Yes. Um, so I was talking to Chris Henshaw a while back, um, and I was learning a lot about endurance and energy systems and blah, 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 blah. But talking about muscle recruitment mm-hmm. and fiber types and mm-hmm. stuff like that and how, like, you know, like, let's say 
I'm obviously very stocky. So like, let's say I'm seven, I could say I'm 100% fat switch, but that's a lie. Right. It's probably, even if I was mostly fast switch, I would probably be like 70% fast switch. Right. So that 30% slow twitch, like you have to practice recruitment mm -hmm. to really utilize 100%. Right. And you have to, as a coach, be able to understand the difference between fast twitch, slow twitch, looking at athlete and know what they need. Like when you look at someone, I can look at someone and be like, all right, like we need to add in some plyo work because they need this, this, and this. Yeah. Whereas I can look at another athlete and be like, well, man, like your mobility is like you're almost too mobile, so we need more strength work. Yeah. Um, it's understanding the athlete and what they need, not just being like, all right, well, here's a 12-week template. Like, have fun. Let me know if you do good. Yeah. I think like to a certain extent, too much aerobic work will be a detriment. Like, oh, as, 100%. As you convert fiber type, like as, if, you, if, if you are doing so much aerobic work that you're converting mm -hmm. fast twitch to slow twitch. But I think that there is an amount of aerobic work in which you're, you are – utilizing your fast switch fibers as is and now recruiting slow twitch fibers. Right. And even as a weightlifter, you need you need that correct balance because you never know what's going to happen in the back room. You never know if, if yeah. you know, there was one meet I remember I went to where they didn't let anyone in the back room until the 10 minute clock started. What? So if you were the first person on snatch, you got 10 minutes to warm up to your opener. And so if you don't have that ability to move fast and warm up fast, mm -hmm. you're screwed. Yeah. I've been practicing lifting with lights in my eyes sometimes to practice for national events. Yeah. But that's a whole nother <laughs> conversation. <laughs> practicing on like lifting on an uneven platform too. You get some, what is it? The, is it the red platform that's always a little crooked at the meets? I think it's red. I remember when I walked out of AO2, um, this is when I like felt shot and my CNS was screwed. And I remember being annoyed because the platform was crooked, like a little. But I remember walking. It annoys me every time. Like walking out and I like was standing on the platform and like the center judge was right here. And I was like, I'm so annoyed. Yes. Oh God, this is so annoying. Yes. Like I am not facing the center how, judge. I'm not even trying. I mean, maybe it's neurotic, but like how hard is it? I mean, I think they have to put like these big straps around the platform and like yank on it. I've seen them do it before. <laughs> it's not, it's not just like, <laughs> did you go to Miami that one year? Mm, no, that was. Do you remember the Killcliff platforms? Yes, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, those were pretty rough. Anyways, anything else you want to get off your chest? Any deep dark secrets? Ah, uh, God, no. Anything else we can do to support you? Uh, in your club? Nah, man, I'm good. Just, I'm just, you know, the biggest thing is like I just want to help people, uh, whether that's through weightlifting or whatever. You know, I just love working with small businesses. Um, you know, not trying to shoot out this, but like True Athletics has been really great uh, for oh, us. Yeah. These are incredible blocks uh they also have a lot of stuff in stock right now that nobody does mm -hmm. um but like what uh bars okay. so the bar you listed on today with the Barbells. great knurling yeah super good barbells um they're jerk blocks what's nice about these is they're light are they based out of texas they're not oh where they at? uh so jason poth and a, a guy oh, named yeah, buster yeah, own yeah, it yeah. he's out of alabama but all their product is out of cali oh. so buster lives in cali just uh, Jason lives in Alabama. These are really lightweight, which is super dope. Um, you know, I just love working with small businesses. So, you know, we talked about Danny with Onyx. Like, dude, that that guy. Yeah, love that guy. That guy's been huge. Um, he's been super helpful. So, well, I don't have any sponsors. So, promo whoever the hell you want. Yeah, no. I mean, True Athletics is dope. Uh, like I said, Onyx. I just like working with people. Yeah. Um, people out there just trying to do the same thing I'm doing. That's about it. Yeah, support the sport. Nah, for sure. And that's that's what's huge is there's not enough attention to the sport in general it's like when you when you talk to someone like i remember talking to someone at the bank when we were opening a business account and they're like oh like good luck at the olympics and i'm like god like no like yep. Yep. just more general knowledge to the sport is always a win yeah i we stayed at 
Vicky's friend's mm-hmm. uh, house last night, and we were having breakfast morning. She was like, so what lift is it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, a snatch and a clean injury. Right. She was like, oh. That's fascinating. <laughs> that means nothing to me. Right. So <laughs> one of my athletes coaches a high school women's team out of Florida. That's dope. And she's, like, been struggling really hard with getting, like, the head coach who's a football coach to even, like, let her take the reins and take control. Yeah. Because people just don't understand that, like, it's not just, like, power snatch, power clean from football. Hang. You don't mean it's not 100% hang power clean while in running shoes? It's not. And there's not. You know, everyone doesn't power jerk. There's also a, a thing called a split, split jerk. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, not nah, just, you know, uh, if you're interested, reach out. Um, you know, I've even told people, like, hey, if you just want me to check out a video, like, whatever, that's cool. Um, I'm just down to help people, man. That's whatever honest. that means. Dope. Well, if there's anything, obviously, we can do to let you know. Let cool. us know. Word. Uh, we're in Texas, kind of medium far. Just up but, 35 a bit. Yeah, but we're around. I try to go to everything. Yeah? Yeah, I, I like to. I mean, I told Will we need to add money to the South Texas Invitational just so you'll come. Yeah. yeah? Oh, yeah, because I, I want to do I I love lifting for prize money. <laughs> uh, I'm like, hey, Will, how much money do you think we can put on this declare letter so Megan comes to does our meet? She's like, oh, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know I would show up. Oh, I know. I mean, that's why we're going to get you there. Yeah. We're going to be like, all right, how much money can we throw at it? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, so we're hosting a meet. Uh, August 8th. Um, it's my actu- birthday's the 9th. Perfect. It's actually for your birthday. <laughs> It's not. We weren't supposed to tell you. 34. Vicky's been keeping it a secret. Yeah, low key. Uh, <laughs> low key <laughs> secret. Uh, so actually the money is for your birthday. It's not for Perfect. winning Sinclair. Um, anyway, yeah. So we're hosting. Maybe, maybe if we could find somebody with a boat, it would just be worth it in general. Like host the meet on the boat? No, just like the I'm next. Is it a Saturday? Yeah. And like Sunday maybe. We could probably, anybody have a boat? <laughs> from the boat. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we're hosting a meet. Uh, we're offering discount codes to teams just because I love when teams come. Uh, we are already halfway sold out, which is pretty wild. So if you want to hop in, let us know. If not, there are multiple meets going on right around in August here. Uh, I know Robert Ronan with Austin Barbells hosting me on August 1st. Dave Griffin's hosting on the 15th. So if you need to get in on a meet, there's literally one the 1st, 8th, and 15th in South Texas. So Dope. sign up for something. Dope. Cool. Thanks, thanks for being on our show. Word. All right.